Welcome to the Venture Mentality Podcast. We're bringing you the insights and interviews from top entrepreneurs and high performers on how to reach your goals and overcome your challenges. Hosted by 18-year-old high school student and entrepreneur, Jacob O'Connor. Now, let's get right into the show. Hey guys, what's up? My name is Jacob O'Connor and you're listening to the Venture Mentality Podcast. Today we have the real estate expert, investment strategist, and best-selling author, Andy Dane Carter joining us. What's up, Andy? What's happening, everybody? So glad to have you on the show. Um, Happy to be here, my man. Super honored. So I want to start off uh, just if you could give us a little 45-second uh, resume with yourself to kind of bring the audience up to who you are and what's going on. Sure. So... Here's the very short 45 second version. <clears throat> I was raised uh, super poor. I was raised in Long Beach, California by a single mom who worked her face off. It was me and my little brother. We lived in a little teeny tiny one bedroom apartment. Started working when I was 12, uh, you know, to help out and never stopped. Was a terrible student, got D's and F's in school. I uh, was a really, really talented athlete. Um, and that's, you know, it kind of got me going, but I always knew I was going to be a worker. I always liked business. I always like working my face off. So from 12, I worked at a slipstream place. Then I worked at a little fast food restaurant while my friends were having fun in high school. I was, uh, I was playing football and baseball and then going straight to work after school. And then I went to go scooping ice cream at 31 Flavors. And then from there, I went to go work at this restaurant when I was 17. They thought I was 21, so I was a bartender when I was a junior in high school, which was awesome, making a bunch of money, working with a bunch of college kids. And then from there, I went to go work at this restaurant in Seal Beach, um, where I became one of the youngest wine sommeliers in the country. But before that, I was trying to be a fireman. So I, I, I've switched and turned many times in my life. Worked uh, for corporate America for a little while. I used to own a bunch of restaurants. And then got really fat, very unhealthy and overweight and just miserable. So I hit pause for a year and a half. I started teaching yoga, racing triathlons. Um, got really happy and really healthy and really broke. So then I went into real estate. And then that's when it all shifted. That's, that's the entire story right there. Um, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about real estate and how you got started with that. Like I know you said that you were broke and then you started doing real estate, but what did the journey look like for you? How did you decide that real estate was something that you wanted to do? Yeah. So I didn't really pick real estate. Um, it kind of picked me because of the freedom and I didn't want to give up my schedule. I didn't want to give up, you know, swimming in the morning and then going for a run or swimming in the morning and then going for like a five hour bike ride. I didn't want to have a regular job. I already did that for about four years of my career and I didn't like it. So um, I went into real estate for the freedom. I had a buddy of mine is like, look, you can make a hundred grand a year. You'll wake, like you'll work whatever, four or five days a week, but you'll have your own schedule. <clears throat> and at the time I was making zero um, and I turned down almost a $400,000 a year job because <clears throat> I didn't want that schedule. So I went into real estate and, you know, I've said this, story a million times. I made zero the first month. I made 2,500 the second and I made 10 grand the third. And then by the sixth month I was making 50 grand a month. And I just never looked back. I just kept buying more stuff and buying more buildings and learning new things. But that's the thing with real estate. There is no ceiling. You can make a hundred million dollars a year if you want. Like you could make more than the 
like the top athlete in the world. It's up to you. Like there is no ceiling. You can make real professional money in real estate. That's awesome. And um, I think that a lot of people are going to like the freedom with real estate. And I know that you're an expert in this field. So when would you recommend that people start getting into this? As, as fast as humanly possible. I think everybody should have their license in whichever state they live in when they turn 18. And then if you only use it one time, and a big part of my message is use the federally funded programs, use the FHA programs, 3.5% down is not that much money. And if you're getting 2.5% in commission because you have a license and you're going to get the commission for your property that you're going to buy, now your down payment is 1%. So on a $700,000 property, you got to come up with seven grand. It just, it's a great move, <laughs> especially when you're young. People ask me all the time, you know, what could you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self to buy that damn duplex in Sunset Beach when I was 25. That was 270000 That just sold for one point seven. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, I went to a real estate seminar last year to kind of learn a little bit more about it. And I didn't realize that you can, the little, the amount of risk there is, there's, they make it so small that the reward is so enticing and it's just crazy the fact that, you know, most people believe that whenever you're investing in real estate and doing things like that, like it's really risky, but really it's been um, made in a way now that there's such a low risk with it. All the risk is in the acquisition. That's where you make all the money, you do your due diligence, and as long as you buy it really well, you can usually have a pretty nice, smooth exit. But there's a lot of seminars in this country that are awful. They're full of shysters. They're trying to get your five, 10, 20 grand to get coaching and mentoring when you really just need to listen to a bunch of podcasts, read a bunch of books, and go out there and do your own due diligence and then figure out a way to, to you know, make it happen. So it's, it's still risky. Like there's risk in real estate for sure. I just think it's one of the lower risk versus reward unbelievable asset classes that we have in this country. And like you figure there's people all over the world risking their lives to get here, to have a little piece of this and to be able to buy something here, a piece of dirt. And we take it for granted. You touched a little bit on educating yourself through the podcast and everything. And then you'd mentioned earlier that you weren't a very good student in school. So I wanted to just kind of ask about the role that self-education has played for you because clearly you're an expert in this field and you don't just get there from, like not putting the work in. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit on that. Yeah, so you can't learn what I know in college. It doesn't exist. They don't teach it. They're never going to teach it. It makes no sense for them to teach it, which works really well for somebody who's really smart and wants to work really hard but doesn't like the rules of school. So it doesn't plus. I'm severely dyslexic. Like it's off the charts. I've got every single kind of ADHD thing you could think of. All my teachers told my mom the same thing. Andy's a really bright kid. He just doesn't pay attention. Got no shit because I don't care about most of the stuff in school. If I find something that I really like, I learn everything about it. I knew everything I could possibly know to be a fireman or a medic. When I went in a different direction, 
I learned everything I could to become one of the youngest wine sommeliers in the country, which is 10 times harder than passing the like board for like to be an attorney. So it's whatever I'm focused on is going to get all my energy, but I only have gear one and six. I don't have gear two, three, four, and five. I'm either thinking about it or I'm all in and I burned all the boats. I love that. Um, I think it's the hyper-focus that's really been the key to success for you because you look at a lot of the higher class people that are, that they're very um, successful in their field and you ask them how they got there. You look at the things they've done and it's really just the commitment to mastery. Like you just start absorbing all of the information and you commit to just knowing everything about this field and going at it until you get to the place where you want to be. And I can tell that's what you've done with this. Yeah, I'm addicted to learning new stuff. It's just, it's what I love to do. I am obsessed with it. And I'm not afraid to eat it. And I'm not afraid to eat it publicly. I'm not afraid to show the world all my failures. I don't care. Like, what are you going to do? Make fun of me? <laughs> exactly. You, if, as long as you don't give the other person the power, like it's not going to affect you because that, that's what words are. Like it's, people get offended by things that people say, but that, that's on you because you're giving them the power to influence you and to impact you. And now they're um, renting space in your head for free. Yeah, that's one of your quotes, isn't it? I love I, that one. I don't let anybody rent shit in my head for free. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I want to talk a little bit because you're in a, you have a very um, stressful job. Like, yes, it's really rewarding, but there's definitely a lot of stress. So I was wondering, like, how do you cope with this? How do you handle it? So it's stressful every day. Every day there's some kind of fire or forest fire. Some fires are bigger than others, but I create the capacity in the morning. Like, I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I literally got up at 1142, which was really early for me. I went to bed at 830 and then I went back to sleep at, from 5 to 530. So I have a very active mind and I get sleep or I get sleep. So I have to create the capacity to be able to deal with those big problems, whether I've slept or not. And I do that by meditation. I do that by like ridiculous affirmations. I sit in gratitude. I pray. Like, trust me, there's days I'm like, God, get my back. It's going to be a rough one. So I, I go into those spiritual places to create that space, to create that softness, to create that compassion for somebody that might be trying to sue me like what is it going like i'm not going to give them all this negative energy if it's not going to serve me so what i do is i create that space in the morning so my that part's super important to me and it's a non-negotiable and then i work out i physically burn up that negative energy that might be lingering in my cells and my physical body and that creates more space and then i play with my kids like I play with my children, like that creates more space. So then when I grab my phone and it's time like to go to war or to go hunt, I'm, I have room to make errors. But if I'm already all wound up like a top and I leave, I don't make wise decisions. I'm literally, I've got 20% of my mental capacity when I need 85 Absolutely. And I think that that little routine routine you have there is so vital for anyone who's, I think it's vital for everyone actually, just because if you start off the day and it's like one thing after another stacking on top of it, like all the negativity that that's just going to impact you for a bad day. 
They say that the tone for the entire day is set within the first eight minutes. And if you wake up and you're instantly looking at your phone and absorbing all that negativity, you're not putting yourself in a place to be productive and to succeed and to be happy. Um, personally, I wake up and I do some reading. Um, I do a gratitude practice. I take a cold shower and I work out. And just like you, that's very similar to see the parallels there. Um, the high performing people, they win the morning. And that's a really important thing. And I can definitely tell us what you're doing. You, you have to. It's the only thing you, can, you could actually control. I can control the first hour or two of my day and I can control the last hour or two. Inside of that, I'm kidding myself if I think I'm in full control. So I have to take the power and the control back where I can because trust me, the, the day is gonna come at me on fire. And some days aren't that bad. Some days I'm like, when is this going to end? I feel you on that. Um, I wanted to backtrack a little bit to, I want, I want to give my audience actionable steps, things that they can really start to incorporate in their lives. And so what does your gratitude practice look like? Just for anyone who's never heard of it, never done it, how can they start incorporating? Sure. So I keep everything so simple so I will suffocate all the excuses. So if I'm like, I'm going to do a 30-minute meditation in the morning and then a 30-minute meditation at night, and then if you miss, just like something like at the gym or you set these little goals and you miss, you slowly give yourself like these little pieces of permission to not do them. So I have to strip all the excuses away. The first thing I do is I just sit and gratitude, try actually sit meditation for 10 minutes and my mind's calm. And then I sit in gratitude for five minutes and I just sit there and I go through my fingers on what pops into my mind at that exact moment that I'm grateful for. And sometimes it's funny as hell and I'll start to laugh. I don't have this like, I'm grateful for my kids, I'm grateful for my wife, I'm grateful for my business, I'm grateful for my money, I'm grateful to help people. If that's what comes in, that's what I talk about in my own mind. But my gratitude practice is for me and sometimes somebody will pop in which is really cool. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I need to call them. I need to tell them how grateful I am to have them in my life. And then now it gives me something to do when I'm driving to the office, I start making these calls. So now I'm solidifying, it's not just a thing I'm doing internally, I'm now taking that gratitude and turning it into external energy, which comes back to you. Wow, that, that is so powerful. and. The battlefield is really in your mind. So if you want to even level the playing field, I think you definitely need to start incorporating some sort of meditation, prayer, gratitude, because just even listening to what you said, the fact that not only was it in your head, but then you created something in the physical world. You called someone, you impacted their day. You're spreading that energy with them. You're sharing the love. Look, we're all creatures searching for deeper, deeper connections and love. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be physical. It's love. Like we're all connected and we're all just searching to be loved. Some people like to fill it with cars and toys. Cool. Like I do it through connection. If I think about somebody, I will stop my car, send them a text message or like a voice note. I'm really big on voice notes for text. And it's like, hey, I have no idea why. I haven't talked to you in two years. You popped in my head when I was driving to work. I just hope you're doing amazing. You know, I haven't even thought about you in years, so hope you're doing awesome. Um, reach out if you're free. Like, that will make someone's day, even if they don't like you. Like, that will make somebody's day. And when you're being conscious of it and you're trying to improve somebody's day, 
Here's an exercise that I have people do all the time, especially young people and young professionals. Like hold doors for everybody and then look people in the eye and smile all day and just watch what it does. It changes the way you behave around other people. It's really cool. And again, it's free. Being kind is free. Being a good person is free. I love how simple and how actionable those are. And I think that if more people started to think about these and incorporate them into the day, I think that we would start to see shifts in society and things change. Like, can you imagine if every person or 80% of the people in the world woke up and instantly thought of grateful thoughts and gratitude practices and called someone and told them that they loved them or they missed them? Like, I think that would change a lot of things. I think goosebumps even talking about it. It's the best. Like, and we're inherently good people. Like, we're trying to help at our core. All the media and everything around us is is always showing us the dark. But most people are pretty darn good, and they just want to be loved. I completely agree with that. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some attributes of successful people, and I wanted to know what the role of discipline played in your life. Massive. The, like two of my favorite words are discipline and consistency. And when you put those two really incredible words together, you can do anything. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's you want to be an astronaut, you want to be some kind of professional athlete, you want to be in business, you want to be a writer, you want to lose 40 pounds, you want to put on 35 pounds of muscle in four years, like discipline and consistency. You want to create a marketing plan that's going to change your business, discipline and consistency. You want to learn how to invest in real estate, discipline and consistency. And then when you start, there's these four pillars that I stand on. And one is my physical body. One is my spiritual practice. And one is like, um, is like, like my kids, my wife, and my family. And then the other one is business. And those four pillars are super, super important to me. And I couple these 90-day challenges around each one of those four pillars every 90 days. And the discipline and the consistency around each of those pillars allow me to collapse massive amounts of time. So I can go really fast and really far by being very disciplined consistently. It is literally the secret to everything in life. If you're trying to fall in love, if you're trying to repair a bad marriage and you were in the doghouse for years and you suck as a person, discipline and consistency, doing the right things every day over and over again will get you to where you want to go. 100%. I think a lot of problem, I think a lot of the problem with discipline is people really look at it with the negative connotation that like discipline, you're getting disciplined. It's a bad thing. Um, you have to go stay in your room, you're grounded, things like that. But discipline really is this important thing. It's what allows you to reach your goals. Because when you don't want to do something, but you know you need to, discipline is the bridge to get you from point A to point B. So I was um, thinking maybe you could tell us about a big goal you had, that discipline, um, that you, when you applied discipline and allowed you to reach that goal. Sure. And here's a huge part of it. You have to give yourself enough runway. Like if you have these insane goals and you have the discipline and you have the consistency and you're going and by year two, you're like, Oh, I didn't get it. I didn't hit it yet. I lost. No, you're perfect. You're on target. You're actually going in the right direction. You didn't give yourself enough runway to get off the ground. 
if you have the most amazing giant 777 humongous Boeing jet and you have it on the wrong runway, it's not taking off. It's not the plane's fault, it's the runway's fault. So like you have to be very clear in what you're trying to do. So the reason why I have these 90 day targets and 90 day goals and 90 day programs is because I'm gonna hit it. And if I don't hit it, I don't beat myself up, I course correct and keep going. I course correct and keep going. If I get injured, course correct, keep going. If I lose that deal and I'm pissed, cool. I just learned something, course correct and keep going. So my runway is until I die. Like there are some like, you know, things and goals. It's taken me 10 years to hit. If I would have set that goal and didn't hit it in year four, am I a loser? No, I just didn't have enough time. I didn't have enough time. You know, like look at these professional athletes. There was these two awesome documentaries that I just watched. One of them is from Kobe Bryant. It's called Muse. It's about when he got injured and his whole backstory of his life. But the one I really love, and looks like you're an Eagles fan, so uh, the one on Julian Edelman, um, you know, it's, I don't care if you like football, don't like football, or hate the New England Patriots or love them. The story from when he blew out his ACL to 12 months later playing and winning the Super Bowl is incredible. It's all mindset. It's all around what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to do to create more runway? for you, your goals, your families, your targets. And I'm telling you, man, like, I know a lot of really, really wealthy people that are miserable because their goal was money. And that'll never make you happy. It'll make you happier when you're miserable because you have some stuff, never gonna make you happy. That's, that's really powerful. Um, so what was a big goal you had that you had you applied discipline and you reached it. It might have taken longer than you thought it would have, but you know you stayed consistent with it and you got it. I have thousands of them, and my book is one of them. Like, dude, I'm a terrible writer. Terrible. I I spoke my book over seven days into my phone into a software called Rev. It translated it. I sent it to the publisher. They sent it back for some edits, and we went to print. Like. I was told my whole life, you're never gonna be able to write a book, you know, you stutter, like uh, you name it, they came at me with it. And so, you know, I loved the fact that I wrote the book, it got so much traction and so much press and has helped a lot of people. And just the fact of going from not owning any real estate to owning over 100 units, it's a pretty big accomplishment. I did it in a very short period of time. But, you know, I learned a lot along the way. And I, I got tons of those stories. I could sit here for days and tell you stories. It doesn't matter what the big goal is because they're so individual. It's so specific to your wants and needs. It makes no sense for me to sit here and just share with you all my awesome accomplishments. I'd rather share with you all the stuff I ate shit on. That's powerful. And just the, the story is powerful and inspiring itself that you even wrote the book because you stutter, you had dyslexia, ADHD, all of these different things that people would perceive as limitations. And you just went through it to write your book. And it's called 100 Doors. And I was hoping that you could share a little bit with the audience about what it's about. Sure. So for me, it's the blueprint. Like if you're trying to figure this game out in life, and it is the, it's the blueprint to get you financially free, but not in a cheesy way that I'm going to sell at some seminar. Like it's only a hundred pages. It's free on my website. You can go to my website. It's just my name. 
andydancarter.com. You can download both my books for free. You don't have to spend any money. I have a book called Three Series, which is the three pillars for business. That's really important. That's one's like 60 pages. And then The 100 Doors. The reason why The 100 Doors is so important is because your first piece of real estate you buy shouldn't be a house. Unless it's going to be like a four-bedroom house and you're going to rent it out like to people and you're going to live in one of the bedrooms. My whole message is buy a duplex, triplex, or fourplex. Live in one of the units and rent out the other ones to cover 60, 70, 80, 100% of the mortgage. So now your biggest asset is paid for. And like we were talking about earlier, if you have your real estate license, which costs about 300 bucks to get, and you have the commission that's going to come to you when you write the offer for your property you're going to buy, you got to come up with 1%. And if you're buying, you know, a $65,000 duplex in Cleveland, Ohio, and you've been paying 550 bucks like in rent every single month for your whole life, well, now you can actually live for free. And my whole thing is how do you live for free? You don't have to have millions of dollars. How do I get your car paid for and your rent or your mortgage paid for? And then everything else you get to choose to work. So the 100 doors is, is the blueprint on how to make $100 million in real estate or just make a really smart first move and have some knowledge. The first book you should read is Rich Dad, Poor Dad because my book is the second of that series. So that teaches you why real estate's important. And then this book, The 100 Doors, is the actual applicable, appliable know-how. Those are both really good books. And I'll put the links for them um, whenever I release this um, podcast. Um, so I think that it's really important to just kind of take a second to think about everything that he said and how, um, how, this, how investing in real estate can really offer you, it doesn't have to be your only source of income, but it can be supplemented income. It can give you the um, extra stress relief that you need if you're worried financially, if you worry about how you're gonna pay your rent or how you're gonna pay off this or that. This is just a nice little supplement, or you can do what Andy's done, you can turn it into a career. And would you say that this has allowed you to live the life that you've kind of hoped for? I do whatever I want. I could take my family to Europe for the, for the, for the next two years. And that's, that's what, like, that's what we'll do. I have massive goals to impact this planet and help people. That's why I'm still going so hard. I could turn this computer off and close this office and never come back. <laughs> but that's not what I'm here for. I'm 42 years old. Like that's, it, you can do whatever. Do you know how good it feels when you can choose to go to work? And it doesn't have to be this big thing. Like if, Let's say you have, you know, a six or seven unit property in Cleveland, Ohio, for example, and it's going to kick you off $2,000 a month in cash flow. So that's your income from that building after mortgage, taxes, and expenses. What's ever left over is income for you and your family. And if your mortgage here in Southern California is $2,000 a month, and every month you get those rent checks, and those rent checks go to your mortgage for your house, if you're making $60,000 a year, you can put 40 of that in the bank and then two, three years go by and then you start buying more. And then 10 years go by, you have over $2 million in equity in your properties and you have a big piggy bank and you can start when you're 18. You can start when you're 30. You can start when you're 70. doesn't matter. That's why I love the story about good old Colonel Sanders, you know, broke with a hundred dollars in his pocket at 74 years old and was going to kill himself started making chicken was a billionaire by the time he was 81 
a billionaire in the 50s. Are you serious? Like, he was like Bill Gates. And that, that was unheard of at that time, too. Um, I'm a senior in high school, and I'm looking at colleges for next year. And I can only imagine how this search would be different if I had um, the additional stream of income with real estate like this. I wouldn't have to worry so much about the price of tuition and all that stuff because college is crazy expensive now. It's crazy expensive, and I'm not going to steer you which way you should go because I think college and education is massively important. I just know for certain people it is a gigantic waste of time and money. And I don't know enough about you to give you advice which way to go, but I'm sure your parents would probably punch me in the face if I told you otherwise. But what I'm saying is, like, you can go to college and you can spend all that money and it can be the most incredible experience that you've ever had. And I think a lot of people should experience that. It's fun. Like, get that part out of your system. It is a blast, trust me. And then figure out what you want to do. The thing with real estate is if you is if you like football, if you're an athlete, you can make NFL money in real estate. Or you go to college, figure out, you know what, I want to be a fireman. I want that like, like three days a week, you know, work, 24-hour shifts. I want to make 100 grand a year. A lot of firemen, I help become investors. So now they're stacking chips, they're making money, they're taking overtime stuff. So like there's a lot of different ways to build hustles out there. Your podcast, podcast might take off and it's monetized and you're making 10 grand a month on your podcast. Like the internet is leveled to the game. Like anybody can do anything they want. If it was, if you just have to have enough grit. Absolutely. 100%. And I think that college is important. And I think that for a lot of people that is the right route, but not for everybody. Like, there are definitely options nowadays. There's everything that you can do online. There's different um, trades, trades that you can go into. And I think that, um, I think that's, that's important to consider because, you know, traditionally it's just been go to college and now you're starting in debt for a lot of people. But or if you look at the most successful entrepreneurs, some of the richest people in the world, they don't have a college degree. College is not define your success for the future. College is a business. Don't let anybody tell you any different. They make their money on tuition and they also make money on teaching you shit that's really old and outdated. And back in the day, when I was in high school, if you didn't go to college, you were a loser. So I was a loser until I started making all more than all my teachers combined. So like, it just depends on who you are. Like there's nothing wrong with going to be an employee. That's awesome. Everybody thinks they can be an entrepreneur and that's just not true. So knowing who you are and how you're built and wired is very important. And you're not going to know until you're like 29, 30. Like you're going to go through so many different changes about what you want to do, what you like, what you think you know. Dude, at 17, I knew everything. No one was telling me shit. I mean, I'm a different person than I was at 17. I'm sure. And it's, it's kind of funny looking back how we change over time, like, Two years ago, I would never imagine that I'd be sitting here talking to you on a podcast. And it's right. really funny how life changes. 100%. Like, that's the thing. Sky is the limit. And it doesn't matter what you do with your career. It doesn't matter what you do with business. When you understand why real estate is so important, you can just buy two pieces. You buy a fourplex, right? You live in one of the units. You suck out fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. Then you buy a three-bedroom, two-bath house start a family, have a good job, just, you know, everything's nice and smooth. And 20 years go by and those things are fully paid off and you're 40, 
<laughs> you're my age and you're laughing. You're like, I do whatever I want. I'm going to go to work. I'm not going to go to work. I'm going to start a business. I'm not going to start a business. You give yourself options. I think that freedom is what a lot of people are looking for. Um, before we go, I wanted to ask where people could find you online if they wanted to reach out. Yeah, I'm really easy to find. You just type me into Google. A-N-D-Y-D-A-N-E-C-A-R-T-E-R. That's all my handles on all the social media. I'm super, super active on Instagram. Um, I get probably 100 like you know, plus DMs a day. Um, I try to respond to everybody within 48 hours. It's really important to me because I didn't have this when I was like, you know, coming up. There wasn't somebody who I could just reach out to that would actually give me some sound advice for free. Um, so I'm really easy to find. My website has all kinds of stuff, has my podcast, has my YouTube channel, has all the free stuff we have. And there's also a bunch of stuff if you want to buy it. But I would I always tell everybody, consume all the free stuff first and then reach out to me if you want to know more. Perfect. I'll link those. And then I've got one last question, but first a little bit of background. Sure. So when you die, the only thing that matters is the difference that you made and the impact that you left. So mm -hmm. with that being said, what do you want your impact to be? What difference do you want to have made? That you are a renter by choice. In this time, like there's so many options for you to win and to become part of, you know, like the dirt of this planet, you're going to own part of it. I want people to know they have options. Everybody thinks, oh, I can never buy because of this. Those are stories that aren't true, especially with what's going on now in this country. I don't care if you have 500 bucks in the bank and you put a 10 year plan together to buy a duplex in 10 years and you're going to save $4 a month. Fine. Put the plan together and stay. The impact I want to leave on this planet is your life is up to you. Don't let somebody else's fears become yours.